Welcome to the new and improved Kappa Cubby Blue, proudly affiliated with the Fans First Sports Network, where you are hopefully subscribed for a ton of great Cubs content on the Bleacher Bunch Network. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review and a rating. It helps other people find us. We still have all of the series-by-series updates that you love. I am Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs schedule, which is wild. We're about to talk about it and more for Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. Danny, did you survive the Brewers series? I, I barely. I mean, I, I, you know, I can say I'm getting up there in years. You know, I'm almost 50 years old, and I don't know how many more of these uh, pennant race series I can take, uh, especially uh, those last two games so close. And um, yeah, I, I am shocked. I am personally shocked that that not only that we won two of three, that doesn't shock. That doesn't shock me as much as the fact that we won one of the games, one to nothing and the other game three to two. And that on the margins where we were losing games before we are winning, they're pulling out these games and they're doing it without Michael Fulmer. They're doing it, but they're doing it with a homegrown closer like that. It's actually working out like, so, it, you know, all my skepticism, I got yelled at by Bleacher Nation today because I I turned one of their like because they're positive about everything like to a fault. And <laughs> so I retweeted them and then they said to me, oh, you got to like crap on everything, basically. And you know what? They're not wrong. They're not wrong. I do like always look at the negative and I'm always very cub fan gen x in that way and that i'm just always waiting for the other shoe to drop and everything's always terrible and happiness is not allowed in life and i'm gonna try with all my might to guster up some positivity for this team because they proved to me that they can do something like beat the brewers two or three i thought we were gonna get swept <laughs> i did eric wheelo our brewers fan friend He's a very hilarious insult comedian, but he came on. I sling- saw it. I was watching. I was Facebook user and I was anonymous Facebook user for whatever reason. Oh. So y'all didn't know that they were my comments, but I was given I was given Eric a hard time. Yeah, well, good. He deserves it because he totally made me so negative going into the into the series. He was so confident. He was. It was yeah. honestly and annoying. He, <laughs> and let me tell you, after game one, he was texting me and texting me. Game game two, three, real quiet, real quiet from that guy <laughs> until I finally broke down and texted him. I had to do a little gloating of my own because, um, yeah, I feel great. Uh, it's it's good. still a month to go. You're in the wild card. You're not in any kind of pole position. Everybody's real bunched up and close. We got, like you said, wild scheduled. I mean, do you want to start oh. there? I mean, where do you want to yeah. start there? I want to start with I want to start with the schedule because I just wrote about this for Bleed Cubby Blue today. Check it out uh, over on the site. I think it's still at the top of the page, or it's probably like might be the second story now. But um, so one, totally agree with you that I did not expect them to win two of three against the Brewers. And if they did win two of three against the Brewers, I kind of expected it to be like a six to two affair or like a 12 to one thing, not this like one Oh, the Cubs managed to eke out one run. Corbin Burns only gives up a run and Justin Steele gives up no runs and they hold it. Like that was uh, my heart. Can't take this. It's going to be so much fun in September, but here is where we are going. Cubs fans buckle up. It's going to get wild. They didn't call it the wild card for nothing. There are 29 games left on the Cubs schedule. 20 of those games are against teams that are either hopeful they'll be playing in October or actually are playing in October. 17 of those games, so 17 of 29, are against the Brewers or other National League wildcard contenders who are within like two to three games of the Cubs. I've never seen a final month schedule like this. I might die. I might literally have a stroke (laughs) watching the Cubs and die. Please don't. Um... Yeah, it's it really is wild. And, you know, as much as I think it cheapens the regular season to have so many and even one extra team in it makes it feel very different. And um, just that there's so much up that there's so many teams that could go like uh, just because now you have two two middling teams that can enter, (laughs) you know, is basically instead of just one or and or three, I should say, Um, 
it is, I guess, as much as it cheapens it, I must admit, I'm excited. Like this, I you know, the fact that it's not meaning just meaningful baseball for us, it's meaningful baseball for San Francisco. It's meaningful baseball for Arizona. And we've got all our games against Arizona. All of them. So seven. Seven. I mean, when's the last time you could like get mad at the Diamondbacks? You know, like we honestly I think it's the... been since it's been since they signed Mark Grace. And the I, I only remember this because that year that they won the World Series. In August, they came to Wrigley for like a three-game set, and the Cubs were still kind of in it at the margins. It wasn't like it was close. Like there, there was an argument that they might not, you know, totally flame out. And I remember being pissed off that the Cubs had not signed Mark Grace. And Mark Grace was a Diamondback now, and I was like, I'm just going to cheer for Mark Grace. And I did. It was like one of the handful of times I didn't cheer for the Cubs, and that was 2002, maybe. Yeah, well, it's been a while since we hated. Well, I guess 2008, we had a, a or 2007, we had the series with them. Was it seven or eight? Seven, what? Dodgers and Diamondbacks. I forget which order oh, we lost remember. in. Yeah, are, I, don't, I don't remember the order we lost in either. Forgettable series. We didn't win a single game. I remember that. and But it was like, yeah, the Di- the Diamondbacks are in it, the Giants are in it, and, and the that's a team that we've had lots of great series with, uh, especially during 15 and 16 when they were still in their believing years. I got to tell you that 2015 series. So your friend Willow, my friend, Sam, uh, Sam Haley Hill, if you listen to the show, great giants fan has this tendency to text me when the Cubs are about to play the giants and it matters and then go silent. Right. And so for that giant series, all I wanted from the Cubs was a four game series at Wrigley in August. All I wanted was a split. I didn't want the Cubs to lose ground in the wild card on the giants during that series. And the Cubs swept them. And for like the first couple of games, Sam and I were going back and forth. And by game three, I, I just felt bad. I was just like, I, I'm just going to stop. Cause I feel like I might jinx something. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the moment. Even Joe Madden said in uh, the club for hundred interview that he did just the other night, that that was the series that he felt that the team arrived was when they swept the giants. And this team is weird. The Cubs as they run this gauntlet here, because we've got a lot of new guys. Like we've talked about that the whole year and we've got a lot of dudes, uh, you know, our best players, Cody Bellinger, who they decided not to trade at the deadline and we're just going for it, I guess. And um, people don't really know him yet. And he's starting to get into the fans, uh, you know, field of, of vision here, I guess, as somebody that we understand and we've watched play enough that we enjoy him, obviously, because he's doing great. But this team has gone from really not clicking at all to with some and for reasons that are the front office's fault. Eric Hosmer, Trey Mancini, who couldn't even be, I mean, the Reds, do you see, they took a flyer on him and then flew him out of there, you know, but they were, they started with this placeholder team and ended with something that was is much different than maybe I think even they expected to have. Um, So it's, it's interesting in that way. It really feels cobbled together like a patchwork quilt, you know, sort of thing prospects really haven't arrived yet from all those blue Friday trades. And we're kind of getting few overperformances here and there. And then they just clicked something happened and they decided that they could play together. I don't know if it's like Ross figured out who, how to use his bullpen or there's probably multiple reasons why this team clicked. Can they keep clicking? Are they like the, cause it'd be a bit of a miracle. If this is the kind of team that would win the World Series, would you not be like, okay, that was a miracle? <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's a it, it is the most wildly improbable World Series team. And in fact, if you give me just two seconds, I happen to have because I was working on um, that piece uh, that I referenced over at Bleed Cubby Blue last night, and it uh, you know looks at I, I pull a lot of the playoff odds grids from Fangraphs because they just do a really nice job showing the visual of what your chances are like when you had a 10% chance and now you have a 70% chance and all that jazz right which is super fun so the Cubs chance to make the playoffs right now 76.8% the Brewers by contrast their chance is 97.2% the Cubs chance to win the division 
is 20.6%. The Brewers are 78.7% after that series. Would you like to know what the Cubs' chances to win the World Series are? According to Fangraphs. According to Fangraphs, the Cubs' chances to win the World Series are 1.6%. 1.6%. So yes, Danny, it would be an absolute bonkers anomaly if the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, but you're saying we have a chance. <laughs> There's a chance, man. They have a chance. They are not 0.0% like a team from St. Louis that you may have heard of called the Cardinals. They are at 0.0% to win the World Series. I was just practicing a song about the Cardinals that I'm going to be playing on Saturday. little plug plug at Binsky's Bar. Me and Billy DeVore and the new Nasty Boys are doing a live podcast uh, at 1.30 p.m., at Binsky's. It's a Chicago bar in Cincinnati. And afterwards, I'm going to play a couple of songs, including a little song that Sarah knows about the St. Louis Cardinals, that this is a family show that I will not sing a bit of it right now. But if you go to Binsky's bar, you can hear it. It's a great song. Y'all should go. Let's talk about this Brewers series. Let's do the recap. We're going to not spend very much time on game one, except to say, I need good Tyone to show up in games, not bad Tyone, because this is this thing where he like gives up four runs in the first inning can't happen during the stretch of games. He has to be nails. Like he is the Cubs don't have Marcus Stroman. We've no idea if they're going to get Marcus Stroman back at any point in time during this run. Maybe they get him back for the playoffs in a shortened capacity form or something. I don't know, but Tyone has to step up. This, this can't happen. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty disappointing from Tyone all year long, except for a few starts in the middle there uh, after the all-star break or right before it starting when he went back to Yankee stadium and somehow <laughs> reached down in himself and found something. I don't know what he did, but um, yeah, we need that guy and he needs, and he does need to step up and I don't know what's going to take because the Cubs played from behind. You got to say that not all of it was his fault because there was some pretty shoddy defense. I felt like the Cubs played pretty flat coming into the series they didn't hit very well. They didn't hit the whole series, to be honest. I mean, they had five hits in this game, and I, that might be their hit total. That the the loss could be their hit total high. No, because they had eight hits, but only one run on the Tuesday game. But they only had three hits yesterday, but they scored three runs. But they 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 were, aren't scoring a lot of runs. They only had five hits. And two errors, and some of those errors resulted in runs. So, but oh, dude, the errors in that game were bonkers. Like Dansby Swanson missing balls, he always catches Nico Horner having an absolute, like, I don't know how to play second base moment. And, and my personal favorite, by the way, shout out big props to Nick Madrigal, who had not one but two <laughs> web gems in the game where no one else could play defense. <laughs> I want to see the stats on them. Because what looks like a web gem that Nick Madrigal achieves <laughs> could possibly be a regular play for another guy. That's all I'm saying. Because it's like the Darwin Barty effect. It's like, you know, it. you don't have all the range in the world. Or like those outfielders that always have to dive for everything because they're just misplaying every ball. Albert Almora was like that, you know, just like no read on it. So I just get it. But I could dive at the end. Everybody thinks I'm great because I dive for baseballs. So, no, I do agree, though. I don't want to give Nick. I'm kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not. And it's Nick Madrigal has gotten way better at third base. He has. And I, they developed that. They gave him the time to sit there. They worked with him. Uh, whoever's coaching him is doing a great job. And I wish they would do. I hope they do the same thing with Morel. Thank you. Me too. Let's talk about happier games. Uh, game two, I was at this game with our friend Ken Schultz. Totally bonkers atmosphere at Wrigley. Sold out crowd. Brewers fans are loud. Cubs fans are loud. You got Justin Steele, who has been the Cubs ace all season against Corbin Burns, who won a Cy Young. Did he win a Cy Young last year or two years ago? I don't know. He's won a Cy Young recently. He is very, very good at pitching. And there is one run in this game. It is a one nothing win for the Cubs. Two moments that really stood out to me in this game from just like a the vibes are good standpoint at Wrigley Field. Eighth inning, they play living on a prayer with the Cubs up one nothing and about to come out and bat. And I, the crowd was singing. It was joyous. It was wild. It was everything you want 
in a late season game at Wrigley Field. And I honestly, they should just do that every eighth inning. The eighth inning song for this team should be living on a prayer. Just like, you know, the Phillies had that dancing with myself song that they'd play all the time. This Cubs team is living on a prayer, my friends. And th that is the song that they need to do some stuff with. Second thing, also song related. And then I want your reaction to both of these songs. Advert Alzali's hype video and walkout is fire. It's unbelievably perfect. They do the thing where they like dim the lights on the on the scoreboards and they let him walk out. And then this like Latino dance music starts popping and it's got that beat that you can clap to and the fans are clapping and out adverts out there. And it's just, it is fire. It is hype. We need to get everyone clapping to this walkout music. It has to be a thing. If Chad Noble were still with the Cubs, Everybody in the stands would already be clapping because he would have been out there doing this and everybody would know. But Chad Noble is not here, my friends. So we have to do it in the stands. So if you are a listener to Cup of Cubby Blue and you're going to a Cubs game, when Advert comes out, we clap. Thank you. The end. I, I agree with everything you just said. And I think the more that fans are involved in those moments, the more the players will feel it. Living out of prayer is a great choice and also obviously appropriate for this team because it's kind of like, wait, what? You stunk and now you're good? Like, wait, what happened? And then uh, the advert thing, I think even more to the point of the it, choosing great music and hype up and the lights going down is that they've given him this role, a role that was Michael Fulmer's to lose. He lost it. Um, there was no hype video for him. I don't think if there was, uh, yeah, I missed it because <laughs> it was it end because they stopped playing it around April 18th. <laughs> but um, what I love about it is that Adbert, given this role, given the hype music, he is the dude that leans into it and is like, oh yeah. And I got a fist pump that's going to be on a t-shirt soon. And I've, you know, and he's ready to market this thing and go full on in. He knows exactly. This has been his dream. He's going to be on lunch boxes. He's going to, you know, his, this is his dream. Like he already has these, these wild dreams. It is in his head that, that he's going to fulfill what his ideal closer would do. He didn't expect this. He was the starter that tipped his hat, uh, you know, goofily when he came out of his first baseball game. And he was that guy, uh, kind of a goofy kid who couldn't stay healthy as a starter. But he's like, oh, you're going to make me a closer? Then I'm going to have fire and cannons roaring and the right music and I'm fist bumped to go with it and the lights are going to come down and I'm going to respond to this big moment in that way like the soprano in an opera and the fat lady singing you know what i mean like that is yeah let's can we can we change his name to the fat lady no we cannot because <laughs> he's not even like it's none of that makes any sense it's just i know it's confusing everything but it's you said coding. before the fat lady part made sense <laughs> i know i didn't know how to end my uh my little diatribe there you're absolutely right the advert has stepped into this role and two things with that one he's like out here on twitter after the games like retweeting pitching ninja gifts of himself and like shouting out the starter and shouting out the fans it's wonderful to see he is a cub until 2027 we might actually be witnessing like the first homegrown cubs closer for multiple seasons stepping into that role i mean when was the last time the Cubs developed a 30 plus save guy that you felt confident was going to go out and just win the ball game with a one run lead? And this is a perfect segue to game three where Adbert blew his first save in like 20 opportunities or 19 opportunities or something utterly ridiculous. And it really wasn't his fault. Like lighter didn't have it walked the bases loaded and Adbert comes out in a bases loaded situation to get one out. And accident and like hits Mark Canna, who kind of like bumped his hip into the pitch a little bit. Like you could tell that was like a like Adbert definitely went in a little too far, but also like Canna helped him. That was, and then it doesn't shake Adbert at all. The team comes out, they're like, we'll just get another run. Christopher Morell hustling down the line. Cody Bellinger drives in a run because you can't spell Bellinger without RBI. Like all the dude does is drive in runs. And Adbert's like, okay, now I just need to get three outs and 
just like ice water in his veins, doesn't even remember that he blew a save. He's like, yep, three outs, let's go. Yeah, it's I love that when a guy gets the save and the blown save. <laughs> blown save and a win. You can't get a save. Yeah, yeah a, blown save yeah. and the win, right. You get yeah. the blown save and a win. It, that that seems unfair. It also seems unfair that if a pitcher makes an error, that it's still an unearned run. It's like, well, actually, the pitcher did it, you know, <laughs> but he was technically a fielder at the time, I guess is how that works. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, nails at the end of it. But they at, it was the problem was, too, in this that situation is that lighter stunk. And yeah. so lighter couldn't get his lefties out. He got then it uncharacteristically gave up a hit and a walk to lefties. I mean, the hit was kind of a little Babip special, but whatever. Um, all the Cubs' runs were scored on Babip specials anyway. So it's like they're, you know, Cody Bellinger's game winning RBI was an out. And it, and, um, I think wasn't the, the first inning wasn't, no, that wasn't that scored. No, it was a half double, I think, is how we got him in. Yeah, Anyhow. I think it was a double. Anyway. Yeah, but it's, but yeah, where were we? Oh, yeah, the, the bullpen usage. Yeah, lighter stunk. So then you had to get Abbott out there. But to, so he had to pitch over the inning, too. Like, so that's even more impressive, even though he did also give up what a walk and a hit in the ninth, a race with a double play. So it was a little hairy there. Like, you know, it, it worked out. But of Abbott's saves, that was, harrowing and it wasn't a save actually it was a win yeah it was a win but he just i loved that he just showed no signs that hitting a guy to drive in the winning run affected him at all there was just like i whatever we're gonna come back and we're gonna take care of business and they did and i that is so unlike the chicago cubs i've grown up with (laughs) like the chicago cubs i've grown up with in some alternate timeline absolutely just lose it after that moment in time and then lose that game 10 to two or whatever. Right. Like, but not this team, not this team. They got it together. Uh, I am here for it. I am stoked for this four game series in Cincinnati that we're going to talk about after a quick commercial break, but we've got a lot of things to talk about. So I think Danny, what we should do, let's take a quick break for our sponsors. We had to talk about this, these waiver claims and the angels like putting their whole trade deadline on waivers and, these are stupid rules that would be lacked out of any fantasy league ever. And I just, I hate that MLB does waiver claims this way. We're going to talk about uh, some call-ups, Alexander Canario and Shane Green coming up to join the team on Friday. But first, a quick break. All right, we're back. Let's start with waiver claims. So in case you missed it, uh, the Angels, in an effort to get under the luxury tax threshold that they're messing around with and whatnot, um, save themselves some money and notably get themselves a higher draft pick compensation for when they inevitably lose Shohei Otani to free agency at the end of the year, put their entire trade deadline on waivers, which meant that any team could claim like Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, Randall Gritchick. Like these are potential impact players that you should not just be able to be like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. Like just pay them one sixth of their salary and they're yours. But the wild thing about this and and the part that really should not exist, the way waiver claims work in major league baseball is not like your fantasy league In a fantasy league. If your waiver priority is one, you pick your guy and you go to the back of the line. So whoever had waiver priority two becomes waiver priority one and you go to the back and then you have to wait until your 15 becomes a one again. And it will be your waiver order is set by your record and the teams with the lowest records can just take any or all of the guys that they want. And so all of the guys who were impact everything that got placed on waivers went to either the guardians or the reds because they picked all of them. (laughs) Yeah. They claimed Harrison Bader, Hunter Renfro, um... Giolito Lopez, Oh, man, they got them too? No, so Giolito and Lopez went to the Guardians. Okay. Oh, okay. Renfro and uh, Bader went to the Reds. But somebody else went to the Guardians too that I am blanking on. I, it's just an, it's a uh, bonkers system, Rene- Matt Moore. Matt Moore. That, that was who I wanted. The, the Cubs need a lefty, man, and Matt Moore has been really good this year, and I would have loved to see that happen. But uh, the Cubs were too good. They weren't even close to those waiver claims. 
Yeah, so you're just kind of like uh, putting, uh, I guess, some uh, some swim wings on some of these worst teams and like letting them stay afloat for a little bit longer. Um, kind of interesting way to do it. It's, you know, it's almost like handicapping the situation. Just give them a little bit of extra oomph to get them more on parity. Creates more parity. So now the the Guardians are a little better. The Reds are a little better. That's not good for us. I'm just glad the Guardians took those pitchers so the Reds couldn't get them because the Reds would have had a waiver priority ahead of the Cubs. And the Guardians taking those pitchers meant the Reds couldn't take the pitchers, which is truly helpful for the division because if the Cubs can't have the pitchers, then I can't have the Reds having them, <laughs> right? It doesn't help us, no. Or or like the Giants or the any team that's in it right now, the Diamondbacks, you don't want them to have it anything that you don't have, but you kind of figure that some of those lower teams would take flyers on these guys. They have to have 40 man roster spots for them too, you know? So yeah. That, they're going to have to DFA some guys. Those guys are gone. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's something that you don't even want to do. Cubs didn't get anybody, but I'm interested in what you're talking about. I, to be honest, I did not know Shane green was even with the organization of the Chicago <laughs> Cubs. I mean, I was like, wait, Shane Green, I've heard of that guy because he's been around forever. Um, yeah, old Tigers pitcher. Yeah, them, Atlanta, he's been all over. Dodgers, uh, Yankees. But you last saw Shane Green as a reliever. And the Cubs have been using Shane Green in AAA as a starter. And so my hunch is that when we get to this probable pitching matchup thing that we're going to do in a second with the Reds, the TBD TBD that they've got going there for the um, night game, game. the doubleheader on Friday. I think that is Shane Green's start. And they're well, either going to turn it into a bullpen game or they're going to turn it into Shane Green. Let's see what you got. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. Uh, he d- doesn't really have a lot of innings this year at all. I mean, he's got 20.1 innings on the whole year. So regardless of him being a starter, which he did do, uh, he has only five starts, but he didn't last very long in them. Oh, no, eight eight games, five of them started, and 20.1 innings, 24 strikeouts in those innings against nine walks. Yikes. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) high. I I was just kind of surprised to hear his name, like, it's not going to be Caleb Killian. It's not going to be Hayden Wisniewski. They've, you know, they're, I don't know who else they would have maybe pulled up. They already put pulled up Wicks. So he's already with the team and did great. I, I don't know how I feel about this. Like Shane Green has gone five innings one time in AAA with the Cubs against the Pirates AAA team. So think about how bad the Pirates are and then imagine their AAA team. Shane Green went five innings against them, struck out six. Uh, walked one, no earned runs, so that's pretty good. And then the next start also gets the same Pirates AAA team. Uh, four innings pitched, strikes out six, two walks. Every other start is just frankly not very long. Like I, I don't know what to say. Two and a two thirds, three innings. He's just, it, you know what this reminds me of. Do you remember the Brian Mattis game? Yeah, ex- ex- That's exactly. That's what this reminds like me of. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe so. What you're telling me is Shane Green might win a World Series wet ring. <laughs> That's kind of what you're saying. Here's hoping. Well, what it means is Ben Brown's not healthy. I'll tell you that much. You know, because he has he's not yeah. since then. Um, otherwise, it might be him. So you need the depth. I'm a little disappointed the Cubs didn't go and get somebody. But they were not in the buying the real. I mean, they'll tell us all that they bought, but they didn't pay that much for Candelario on an expiring contract. And Jose Quas is was not expensive either. And I think he's on the bereavement list right now, but he should be back soon. That's too bad. So, I mean, you pull up Keegan, I guess. I mean, maybe he can be multiple innings guy. He used to start. You already pulled up Wick. So, I mean. And you traded Adrian Sampson. So, like, I don't know. I don't know who you got, really, uh, except for your Caleb Killians and 
of the world and they didn't feel like going that way. So next guy up is veteran Shane green <laughs> for the, for the start out of Friday night fireworks night, by the way, if you're going to this game, Cincinnati does awesome fireworks. Cool. That sounds fun. Uh, the, the more interesting call up, at least to my eyes is Canario, who that was part of the Chris Bryant trade, correct? This is the other half of the return yeah. for Chris Bryant. The Cubs got Caleb Killian and Alexander Canario in that trade. He's 23. The He's a 40-plus future value guy, which means that Fangraph sees him as most likely a bench piece. But the power, my friends, is real, and it is spectacular. And he's been on a bit of a heater in the minor leagues recently, um, he's put up a 267 or two, sorry, excuse me, 276, 342, 524 triple slash line across 161 plate appearances in AAA this season, eight home runs over a very limited number of plate appearances. 160 plate appearances is approximately like, I don't know, one fourth of a season, maybe depending on where you hit in the lineup. It's got WRC plus of 109. He does strike out a lot. The strikeout rate is 28%. So I imagine he's going to strike out even more. Uh, with the big league team, but I think they're just hoping he gets hot in great American ballpark. Well, and he's been, he started off real slow this year. Like he really raised his average from like, he was batting in the one hundreds for a while and he's raised it all the way up to two seventy six right now. That's significant. Like he's raised it well over like a hundred points in, in a, in a last couple months. Plus uh, his slugging too has gone up a hundred points as well. So yeah, he really warmed up and got, and I, he's an outfielder. So I think you could probably, you play center, right? I, I don't know of where course he, you oh, would ask me this. Uh, I, well, center in triple a has been P- has PCA. Been, now it's PCA, but I think he was playing center before. I think the thing that's going to really disappoint people is the fact that it's not PCA. I was going to say, is, yeah, Canario. That's not how you spell Pete Crow Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I, yeah, I have not looked at Twitter all day. I've been kind of busy, but n- now that, you know, you, you, I didn't, that really didn't even dawn on me till right now that every, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Canario's coming up. I was like, oh, wait, that means everybody's going to be mad that it's not Pete Crow Armstrong. Well, I forgot about that controversy. It's not Pete Crow Armstrong right now. They can still call Pete Crow Armstrong up in September. Um, if Canario struggles, if Shane Green truly madises it and gets DFA'd like two days later, that opens up a roster spot where you can call up PCA. Like, I think that I'm still hopeful we could see PCA in September, but it is interesting that they're giving the first crack to Canario. Yeah. Well, he's a little ahead of him. He's been at Iowa all year, so. Um. Let's uh keep going with this Red Series. Four games in Cincinnati. I mean, these are, it's been a hot minute since the Cubs had a series like this. And frankly, they're just going to do series like this back to back to back for the rest of the season. I'm, I'm truly like, I, I'm going to have to go to a lot of yoga classes to keep my blood pressure down so that I don't, I don't like have a heart attack and die during one of these games. But uh, it's a doubleheader on Friday. Jordan Wicks will get his second major league start after an absolutely banger major league debut. Uh, He'll face off against Graham Ashcraft. It's TBD versus TBD in the nightcap. Again, I think that probably means green is going to at least get that start, whether they use him as an opener or piggyback him with like Wisniewski or Keegan Thompson or something remains to be seen. Um, Javier Assad goes on Saturday against, uh, Oh, what is this Abbott kid's name? I blank blanking on it. Andrew? Andrew Abbott. Thank you very much. I didn't have the probable pitcher page in front of me. And then Jamison Tyon against um, Brandon Williamson. What do you see in these matchups? Yeah, Andrew Abbott, he's their second round pick overall. I know that my friend Billy's pretty high on this kid. Um, but, you know, he's young. He's only 24 years old. And then um, the same thing with uh, Williamson. He's uh oh one more thing about Abbott he's a lefty so look for that different lineup looking lineup that we don't always like but uh Brandon Williamson is one of those dudes that they got from the Mariners when they traded basically their entire team to the Mariners if you recall back in the day 
couple years ago. Luis Castillo trade. Yeah. So they're high on him too. They're a lot of the red success this year has become be, been because some of these young guys have performed really well. And then they bring up Ellie de la Cruz who carried the team for a month and then cooled off him, himself. But still they've got a, I, I don't know. This is the, the Reds are going to, to me, they're going to, this is the team that's primed to fade down the stretch because they are so young. I mean, all of these teams in the wild card race, I think, have the risk of doing that. One of the things that I was really um, stunned by as I was writing the piece that published today over PCB is the Reds, Diamondbacks, and Giants, all three of them, none of them had a winning record in August. All of them were like 12 and 15, 11 and 15, 11 and 17. I mean, it was very much like these teams are flagging a bit, whereas the Cubs have done the opposite. I'm going to blow your mind for a second on Cubs schedule stuff. So remember uh, that 4th of July series against the Brewers, four games in Milwaukee, and everybody's like, oh, it's make or break for the Cubs season. The Cubs entered that series 38 and 44. They then split to two games winning, two games losing with the Brewers in Milwaukee. Since that series where they went 38 and 44, the Cubs have gone 33 and 18. This team is red hot right now. That is a bonkers win percentage yeah th- no they just all, all of a sudden found themselves I, I you know it's they didn't click they didn't click they didn't click they clicked and they had to get a few guys off the team I, I think you can point to a couple of moves that they made that made all the difference and it was the moves that the fans were calling for the entire year and they finally did it and weird. they started to win weird weird how that one works um so if the Cubs get hot in this series, I, I have to say a series at Great American Ballpark uh, couldn't have come at a better time for these bats. The bats have been cold, man. They've been cold through the Pirates series. They've been cold here in Chicago. They they need to heat up a little bit. couple of exceptions. Seiya Suzuki has been red hot recently. And after that little, like they, they benched him for about four or five days. And then he has just come back. Absolutely smoking. In the last two weeks and change, Seiya Suzuki is slashing 340, 396, 617 with a WRC plus of 169. Ian Happ has also been great during that time period, slashing 275, 351, 549 with a WRC plus of 141. Both of them have two home runs during that time period. Ian Happ has also swiped two bags during that time period. Great stuff from those two. And it's all downhill from there. (laughs) Everybody else is cold. Yeah, I mean, they they managed to win. And that's kind of how the playoffs are, though. Like, nobody scores. And then it's it's almost like watching the World Cup. You have a lot of games, which could be really tight because the pitching tends to – and the defense tends to win the games. And um, that's kind of what we saw with the Brewers. You know, that was like – that felt like playoff baseball right there. And so even if you have those cold bats, as long as you have a couple guys that can score you the one, two, three runs – that might be enough to hold up. The question is, do the Cubs have enough pitching to be doing that to other teams? I mean, I think they do, but it's going to be real interesting to see. All of these guys could stand to get a little bit hotter. I'm not going to read their whole slash lines, but uh, Nico Horner has WRC plus of 77 over the last two weeks. Uh, Nick uh, Nick Madrigal, 75. Cody Bellinger, 67. Jamer Candelario, 49. Dansby Swanson, 48. Talkman, 37. Christopher Morrell, negative 15. And the one thing I want to flag here, though, yes, all of these numbers are low. They're real bad. The slash lines are equally bad. However, I can think of a play or an at-bat where all of these dudes made a difference in the last two weeks. Christopher Morrell legs out that ball that gets bobbled at shortstop, starts the ninth inning rally that gives the Cubs the win over the Brewers, right? Like Nick Madrigal has been working counts and really trying to lake stuff out. Cody Bellinger is responsible for like the vast majority of RBIs that have happened during this time period, despite cooling off considerably. So I think there's, you know, we do these numbers to give you an idea of who's on fire and who's not, but there's more than just that in these numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. They've, and cause they've played relatively, the Brewers series is a prime example. We probably got out hit in the series, but we won two of uh, three of the games. They threw the two of their aces at us. We beat them both. 
that was wild. Yeah. So when they it, lost the Miley smart start, I was like, oh no, here we go. I know. I know. And that's, I think how it's going to be. It really, this is a team that doesn't make any sense at all. There's no, there's no reason why they lost so much in the beginning of the year with the positive run differential that they had. And there's no reason why they're winning so much now, you know, it's not, none of it. This, year doesn't make sense. It is an odd team. It'll be a completely different team next year. This is not a window of opportunity that we have right now. This is just 2023 is a, is a unicorn in and of itself of a team. It's a unicorn uh, in the central. Uh, I think right now to even have a weak central, cause I don't think it's going to be weak for long. And um, let's just go. This is the last month. It's go time. If anybody has the experience and the know-how to win this division and even like surprise and end up in the stupid world series for some reason, it is this Cubs team. Like I do, I'm just going to make the choice to go the bleacher nation route and I'm going to be positive. Unlike my normal self and what I really feel inside, (laughs) you know, I, I have a bone to pick with Bleacher Nation, though. And I, I love our friends at Bleacher Nation. Great guys over there. Uh, we hang out. They're fun. They had a poll the other day that asked the question, would you rather have the Cubs go to the playoffs and get swept in the wild card round? So basically, they like win out during the September period. They go to the playoffs. They lose two games immediately. Or would you rather have the Cubs lose, not be in the playoffs, but you know they're going to get the lottery pick for the number one draft pick. And a shocking number of Cubs fans, more than 50%, I think it was like a 53 to 47 split or something like that, picked option B. And I just, what is the matter with all of you? Like, I, this is wrong. That, that, is, that is not how this works. I'm going to blow you, your mind. You always uh- win when you can period the end and that lottery ticket for like the number one draft pick or whatever doesn't guarantee you winning later it guarantees you a shot to pick one guy in the draft and so michael cotton and i uh were talking about this on the show the last week or last time when you were not here and i i went through like we went through the list of the most recent number one draft picks and it's like Something like 30% of the, those guys who were picked number one overall in the last 10 years are playing in the major leagues. And like two of them are not that great. There's like one guy you really want there, right? This is not the number one draft pick does not guarantee you wins in the future. It guarantees you a shot to pick a guy who might be able in four or five years to help your team someday. You should always opt for winning now, period. I completely agree with you, but I voted B. And I'll, what does and it I'll, matter with everyone? And I will tell you why I voted B. Just because, A, I wanted B to win just so people like you would get all crazy because I think it's Thanks, funny. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate you looking out for my mental health there. So I just enjoy the, I enjoy the, uh, the you know, the, uh, the route. You're a contrarian. I understand. Contrarian. But the, I also have a reason. And it is that I do, I, one of the things that is my pet peeves about what Ricketts says at Cubs convention is when he talks about making the playoffs for X amount of years, you know? So he counts like, or the postseason, he'll call it like a game one sixty three against the Brewers at a wild card berth. He calls that the postseason. Everybody's supposed to clap at it. So now he can lump this year of being just good enough to make the, the postseason into that instead of really going for it, which the Cubs have been very conservative. They, they've been very conservative, all their approach. They think they can spin straw from gold in there or, or go, yeah. Gold from straw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also straw from gold. Oh, they, they do that far more often than I would like to see them do is spinning gold from straw, but you know, they or the yeah, vice versa. You're not saying (laughs) I've confused all the podcasts. I'm just saying, I don't want them gloating over some 85 win team playoff berth situation where they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, but they still say it's the playoffs because it's not good enough. It's not built for, it's not built for the long haul. We're driving, you know, we're driving a Prius. Okay. We need to talk about this differently, which is you Get high draft picks so that you have the shot 
at a winning September like the Cubs have a shot at here. And you should, and that, that's all they're there for. That's what, that's why they exist. So they can be part of a team someday that can do what the Cubs are trying to do at this moment in time. In I get it. This year in 2023. So the idea that so many, like more than half, more than half of Cubs fans are like, yeah, I'll just punt on the thing that is the reason you got the draft pick in the first place so that I can hope for this again in five years. It just goes a long way to showing what is wrong with this fan base. That's all it's I'm going to say. Like the, pro- the lovable loser, like we're constantly like, wait till next year. Y'all are willing to, to punt on a year where you can win and do a wait till next year for some future year in five years. And I just, I, I'm not, I, that's I would because like I'm not, a, that's because I'm not alone in not in my deep down heart, believing in this team, you know, like in my serious Cubs fan heart, if we were to go to the postseason and not win a game, I would not be upset or shocked. I would be like, yep, that's kind of what I thought was going to happen. And so there's what I want to happen and what I think is going to happen. And those are two different things. And I know that that creates a lot of dissonance for fans who thinks like, no, you should never have a negative thought. Well, I can't lie to myself. I can't, I can't just pretend that I believe something. I don't believe that I don't truly feel. Do I want them to prove me wrong? Absolutely. Do I want them to, you know, live it on a prayer? Play it. I'll sing it. Well, we're halfway there. Let's go. I'll do it. Living on a prayer. Yeah. I mean, I'm into this. Like, I actually think that this is the Cubs have found their eighth inning song. And to be clear, I'm not like a Pollyanna-ish Cubs fan. If, if you've been here through the duration, you know that as, as recently as the end of July, is like, this is 75-win team, 72-win team, 75-win team, 72-win team. I will admit freely that the Cubs have proven that they have the outside upshot of being like an 80, 85 win team and making it to the playoffs. And I honestly am having more fun with Mike Tockman wearing number 40 than I ever thought was possible when I refused to put his number on my scorecard at the beginning of the year. But if you give me a chance between the Cubs win actual baseball games that I can enjoy with my own eyes and heart and soul as I'm clapping for Adbert Alzali in the stands versus I don't even know who's going to go in the num- number one spot in the draft next year. Like some future Mark Appel that the Cubs are never going <laughs> to promote to the majors. Absolutely not. Never. I want to win period. The end. The Reds also want to win. We haven't talked about their hot and cold bats yet. A couple of guys to keep an eye on who have been hot at the plate. Here's a blast from Cubs pass. Uh, Nick Martini is playing with the Reds and yeah. he's hot right now. He's He's got a WRC plus of 150, but something tells me he's about to lose playing time to one of Hunter Renfro or Harrison Bader, who we already talked about the Reds picking up off waivers today. And Tyler Stevenson, their catcher, has a WRC plus of 130. As Danny mentioned earlier, Ellie De La Cruz has cooled off considerably. He's got a WRC plus of 56 over the last two weeks. TJ Friedel is at 42. Noel V. Marte, who was another part of that Luis Castillo deal has a WRC plus of 37, but keep an eye on him. That is a real talented kid that they can play in the middle infield. Uh, and Will Benson has a WRC plus of 14 in the last two weeks. Yeah. And that probably is a lot of why they went 10 and 17 in the la- in the month of August. So exactly. Yeah. They had where that's like the opposite of what the Cubs have been doing. So we've been able to overtake them. Remember we were the ones in third third place and we leapfrogged them and we put up so many runs against them at Wrigley Fields. We we beat them 20 to nine and 16 to six. I mean, that 20 to nine game was the game where I busted out the hat, the lucky hat, which it's frankly killing it. The, the lucky hat is 18 and nine people like that is a wild record for any piece of lucky baseball gear to have. And that 20 run game was the first game that the hat made an appearance. And it's been, it's been all up uh, all downhill since then. Yeah. The, the reds right now do have the season series. I think it's pretty important at this point that we don't split this series you know what I mean? Right now, they're. Oh, yeah. No, the Reds are have won four. Or, no, the Cubs are four and five against the Reds this year. Yeah, they're four and five. So it, we've got four games right now. And I, we we can't split it. 
we have well, to. Well, and there's also like there's no more game one sixty three. Exactly. So because of the extended wild card, like you have to own the tiebreaker in your division against that team. Yeah, so it's pretty important to take at least three or four right here because otherwise we they they've got the season series at this point regardless yeah. of of uh, scoring 20 runs off it doesn't matter just counts as one at this point so I, if the cubs score 20 runs against the reds at great american ballpark danny where can people find you aside from in cincinnati singing awesome songs yeah i'll be there on friday uh at the game uh, all both of them actually i'll be at the game with our friend uh josh mullet man josh he'll be there and uh B- billy devore at the night game as well and then on um saturday as i said binsky's bar and then i'll also be at that game at, uh, that night as well the only game i'm not going to is on sunday so hopefully we'll have our three wins by then all right danny bring them what um You can find me at BCB underscore Sarah. And and if you're a fantasy baseball type, uh, I have a new gig. I'm not going anywhere from this gig. I'm still going to do Cup of Cubby Blue, right for for Bleed Cubby Blue, host the What the Fab podcast and all that jazz. But um, I am writing at a new site called Sportstopia. Uh, I'm also hosting a daily fantasy show for them on Wednesday mornings that airs at 8.30 on Wednesday mornings and um, it's about a 30 minute show. Just get you set up for what you need to know for a daily fantasy stack that day. Sportstopia has some really cool tools uh, that will help you optimize your daily fantasy lineup and you can get in on the ground floor right now, which is, which is kind of cool and, and sort of fun. I'm always interested in learning more about this game and how it works. And I've been dabbling a bit in daily fantasy in the tout daily league for tout wars over the last year. So looking forward to that. Check it out. If you are so inclined, make sure you're following at Sportstopia HQ. Uh, make sure you check out that show on Wednesday mornings, 8.30 Central Time, every Wednesday morning. Um, and I'll have an article that goes along with that on Wednesday afternoons. You can find all of my takes about the Cubs, however, on my Twitter account or Blue Sky or whatever else you're using these days. BCB Sarah, there's an underscore there, BCB underscore Sarah. Uh, and yeah, uh, if as I try to keep myself contained during these wild days of Cubs baseball, that is where you can find my takes until next time.